0: what's going on team welcome to an episode of the keep going podcast season two this is your co-host luke wheat coming out of knoxville tennessee before the show starts make sure to follow us on our socials okay twitter the keep going pod insta the kg podcast and youtube at the kg pod just a reminder that we are not psychiatrists and not psychologists just a couple ex-athletes trying to make a difference and in the stigma of mental health thank you guys for listening let's get to the show that keep going moment. My keep going moment. That's my keep going moment. Let's keep going. <laughs> Welcome, team, to episode 57 of Keep Going Podcast, Athletes Shining a Light on Mental Health. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Pikeville, Kentucky, today. I'm joined by Pat O'Malley and Angela Barisi. How are we doing, guys? Everything's good. Angela, what's good. up with you?
1: I'm doing good. Excited for the holiday.
0: Yeah, right. nice. Steve, everybody, by the way, too.
2: And, Angela, just to make sure – did we get your last name right?
1: Um, Actually, no. It's oh,
0: okay. What is it? Go ahead. And tell the people.
1: It's Beresi.
0: Beresi. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's okay. It happens a lot.
0: That's the Easter coming out. Yeah.
1: All, all good. So,
2: Beresi is how you pronounce it.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Well, Angela, we appreciate
2: you jumping on, especially on Christmas Eve. We are shooting this live, so... Just a really ride or die move from you. So I appreciate it. I've been <laughs> a, a long time coming to have you on here. So, like I said, we definitely appreciate it. But something we do every week before we get started, it is episode 57. Um, Luke texting me beforehand said he does have a number 57. So, who do you got, Luke?
0: I got Jake Arietta from the 24 20- oh Orioles. Oh, my
2: God. That is disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow that i didn't even know he wore that number
0: yeah first year there first year
2: there oh my goodness okay gotcha let me take it over to angela do you have a number 57
1: um i don't right now Not that was, the
2: top
0: of my No episodes right now
1: my <laughs> yeah.
2: number the one that came to mind for me was owen Kruitz. um yeah, oh too bears i don't know if he was 57 i'll have to fact check that but um that was kind of where
0: love recently
2: yes yes i I don't know i don't know But who knows but on a different note angela i definitely want to share your story with our listeners today so kind of get me started with mental health wise for you you know when things are going well you're having a good tell our listeners a couple things that you do when things are going good
1: when things are going good, I started getting into journaling a while ago. It was a couple of years ago. so i I don't do it every day, but like because sometimes days get consistent and just repetitive. So for the most part, I do journal. Um sometimes I just like sit and watch movies because I just like watching movies. So that's like a good day for me. And then I also go to the gym a lot.
2: I was about to say, gameless plug, but you
1: have a fitness page that you're on it now, correct? I do have a fitness page. Yeah, I started that, I want to say it's almost been a year now, maybe like a couple months or so.
0: Nice. Yeah, I do have
1: a fitness page.
2: Yeah, about to say, shout it out. What is it under for the people?
1: It's called Fitness W Ange with an E at the end, so
2: give it a follow. I do post my workouts. So no, we're good. Love that. And we'll go into this, but I think that's a awesome outlet for a lot of our athletes, especially after they're done playing, but you know, it's, it's still competitive, but it's just different. So anyway, we can help you with promoting that. We'd
0: love to. Luke, anything on that? No, I, I agree with you, Angela. I love watching movies as well. Pat and Jackie know this, but uh, what was this, about a month ago, Pat or so, you know, I took a big step. I'm a, I'm a people person, and I'm trying to learn how to be with myself a little mm-hmm. bit more. So one Sunday, I just went to the movies by myself, and that was a big step for me to just go hang out by myself, not with anybody else, and, uh, you know, that, that was pretty fun going to the movies by myself because that's one of the things I love doing. So so that was a big step for me. And, I'd love to hear that we got that in common. Interested um, no, to that- have another softball person on. I think it's been a while since we've had a softball uh, athlete on in a while. Pat,
2: it has been, and I and I was going to touch on that as well. I obviously my girlfriend's a Division One softball player. You know, I have a lot of friends in our circle that are all like soft, softball backgrounds, right? So I want to touch on that. So Angela, when it comes to softball and sports in general. Walk through your childhood. How did you get so kind of encrypted with sports? And talk about your story there.
1: So I started getting into sports. Uh, I actually would say because of my sister. I have an older sister. She started pitching when she was younger. So when I was like around five or six, I got into t-ball and just it's it was a big town thing when I was younger. So to get into t-ball was like. Like all my friends were doing that at the time. So it was just something to get into. And then over the years, as it progressed, I just started to like fall in love with the sport and just everything about it. Just meeting great people and great coaches also was all, was a good factor to it. So I just kind of started going from there. And yeah, I, I decided I want to say freshman year like of high school, I did want to play in college
2: got it got it any other sports besides softball growing up
1: I did do basketball for some time gymnastics and I I would say swim for a little bit but that only lasted for like a month because I just like swimming for fun I realized not for competitive
2: <laughs> I can relate. yeah I, I can definitely relate it for the scale of a. Uh vulnerability here i stopped swimming at an early age when my younger brother was better than me um <laughs> i was really bad early on i remember adam kicking my butt and you know to have your younger brother in the pool kicking your butt i, I that was humbling looking back at it look what oh, do we yeah. got
0: It's just not what you want, you know?
2: (laughs) No, no. And and if you follow this story and if you've been listening to the pod, you know my brother ended up beating me in every sport. So, like, (laughs) it was very humbling stuff. But, no, I get that. So, you're a multi-sport athlete. Okay, so we get to the end of, like, high school, right? You start the recruiting process probably around junior year for D2, maybe a little bit of the senior year, depending. Talk about your recruiting process and uh, kind of what you went through in that guard.
1: So my recruiting process started my sophomore year. That's when I really started emailing coaches and I had gotten on to a showcase travel team. So it was mainly just going around and showcasing our talent to college coaches. We didn't do tournaments. So that started my sophomore year and I just started um emailing. I created like a template about what I wanted to say, make sure they knew about me. And then I just started, I wanted to pinpoint where I wanted to go first. So I started kind of like mapping out like where I wanted to go and then looking at colleges in those regions. And then I started emailing.
2: No, love it. And I want to touch on it more from a mental health standpoint. Um, obviously my full-time job, if you follow us, is in mm-hmm. recruiting. Um, I know the recruiting process, plus high school, plus prom, plus drama, especially for girls. It can be a lot in high school. How did you kind of deal with everything? Because being a Division two prospect, you were a highly touted player. So talk about things you did in high school and kind of what you went through in that realm too.
1: So it was definitely very stressful. However, when I was in high school, I was always like going, going, going. So me just being busy all the time – kind of kept me from like thinking about like the mental health aspect and just kind of focusing on like, okay, I have to do this and then this and then this and then this. So it was kind of like just me going all the time to where like the only time I really thought about like my day was like at night. So I would say that was like a good way of me not thinking about mental health in a weird way because I was always like a going kid. So
0: I'm gonna have Luke chat. Yes, yeah, go ahead, Luke. No, hundred percent. I was gonna. That was kind of in the same vein of the question that I wanted to ask. You know, when did mental health start becoming important for you as an athlete? Yeah, because it's a big focus now. I can tell.
1: Yeah. So it started to become a big part of me my freshman year of college when because I was a 2020 graduate from high school so I started with COVID I entered college in COVID my last day of high school was March 17th and then we had that you know pandemic and then I just entered college and it was like a weird transition like I didn't really have a graduation didn't have prom So it was just like high school stopped in March and then I went to college in August. So it was like this weird transition. And when I was in college my freshman year, I only had, I think it was one class on ground and the rest were online. So that was also a very different aspect. And like being in the dorm all the time and like having to like stay away from people and just always wearing a mask. We always got tested. Um, It was definitely a strain on my mental health, which like you don't realize until you're in it where you're like, holy crap, like this is like crazy. Like you don't realize how much your mental health really affects you until it's almost like too late. So when I had entered my freshman year you know it was very depressing there was like no one on campus like it was only athletes they didn't really do like any events so like that college experience that everyone talks about and how college was like the best year of their lives like we didn't really have that girl uh when i had entered so then um we also didn't have a fall season so it was only practice which was also an interesting thing um, the following year we also didn't go to like Florida. We didn't go to like our spring training. So that was also different. Um always having to wear a mask on the field. That was quite an that's experience. Gotta,
0: <laughs> that's gotta be different for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's definitely uh different. So I and then during my freshman year, I was also going through a death in the family which was like the first major death in our family that I've had. So that was also a struggle. And then after my freshman year, it was like, wow.
0: (laughs) I think this is something that a lot of kids that graduated in 2020 that uh, went through, you know, there's no finality to stuff. You kind of just morph into the next stage and you're just kind of there. Yeah. and prom, like you said, are great times for kids to kind of really be big milestones and, and celebrate things and then have the time of reflection. And then you're in the college. I think for your age group, um, a lot of that is missing um, and, and that can lead to some difficult circumstances. So so talk about sophomore and junior year a little bit. Did we make any positive strides there? And, and how how did that turn around for you a little bit?
1: So sophomore and junior year were also definitely a struggle for me because like, you know, I had entered college in like that weird phase. So like sophomore year, that's when everything like started like opening up, looking a little normal than usual. So um, that was definitely a different change of pace. So like that's when we started having our fall season. Uh, We started doing our, winter practices also so it was definitely very different from freshman year to sophomore year um and that also took a strain on my mental health because now I like really had to focus on my sport focus on my school and also like maintain like a social life if I had to or if I could so going through that my sophomore year and then during my sophomore season is when I kind of started hitting a low where I was like kind of like not really feeling it anymore I was like losing that drive that everyone talks about that like passion in the sport so my that summer I like decided I was like just kind of like take a break just relax kind of like regroup, you know, I had some injuries I needed to like heal and stuff. So going through that in the summer and then I hit my junior year and that was a major low. I got super depressed that fall. I, that's when I like realized that like, okay, like I seriously need help. And I had gone to my coaches crying just like so overwhelmed just burnt out and I was like I I seriously need help like I'm I want to quit and my coaches and I had like a long talk and they were super helpful in that moment I I was also going through a lot outside of my sport which I feel like people don't really realize sometimes that you know they see this person like have it all together like school sport and a social life but you know behind closed doors that's a different story
0: yeah Yeah. so
1: when I had like realized that I had gone to my coaches I was like I like seriously need some help and so they were super supportive and helpful with that and I got into therapy they did um weekly check-ins not just with me but with the entire team so we yeah so that all that had started my sophomore year actually when my coaches decided to do weekly check-ins with the team so that was extremely helpful for us and for them also because it was like the rule was um 15 minutes no softball just talking about everything else which was kind of like a nice break from the sport
0: yeah well i yeah. think it's sports can be a double-edged sword right mm-hmm. you get away from problems but also it can kind of add on at the same time so maybe that was a little bit of what was happening there as well so we see that a lot with um the athletes we talked to pat what do you got like yeah i think this is um you know,
2: fifty plus episodes in. I think this is the first time we've ever talked to really in depth about a COVID athlete and kind of what sure. went on. Um, we've touched on it, but we haven't kind of slammed it home like this. Mm-hmm. I think all of a sudden we realize, as outsiders,
0: Luke, because we weren't playing during this time, I was coaching. Your coach, you graduate- yeah. Uh, not- when did you graduate? Pat, eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. I was 19. So we were right. We got out right before. Yeah. Right. And I remember I was coaching when all this was going on and it
2: was terrifying. But as a player, especially an underclassman that has to go on and continue after those times, I I can imagine how shaky that was. And once you throw other external factors, like a death in the family or relationships or other social things to go with being a student athlete, being a student athlete is tough enough in 2020 hmm. anytime. any time. So I commend you for doing a couple of things. One, being vulnerable and, and talking about it to trusted adults. And Angela, I'll be honest. You probably didn't talk to everyone that helped you. I think there's probably people along the way where you had to be like, eh, that didn't really help. Um, am I right? Am I wrong there?
1: No, you're a hundred percent right. You know, when I started, uh, therapy, my therapist was like giving me like ideas and suggestions and I would go back to her and I was like, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Angela, th- that's exactly where I want to go with this. Cause I think the stigma for 50 plus episodes has been, let's all talk about it and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. But what- coming I mean, to realize being now in this space and working with other people that have more experience than myself and Luke and Jackie. It's not, let's all talk about it. It's let's talk about it. And then once we get with the right people, that's when we start to see the growth that we can grow in ourselves. So if you don't mind, talk about where you're at now. I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of growth here. you, you were at the top of the top. You were Division Two prospect, and this stuff started happening. Talk about now, kind of where you're at. You seem happier now, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. So I actually decided to step away from my college sport probably a week before I went back my senior year. So uh, back in August. Yeah. Uh, there was some other factors that had happened in the summer that just like took up most of my time and a lot of my attention. And in August, my mom was like, all right, so what are you bringing to school? And I was like, what are you talking about? I have so much time. And she's like, no, you leave next week. And I was like, oh, it kind of like, there was so much I was dealing with in the summer. And so, and it took so much of my attention. I had like, no, I, I lost time. I lost track of time. And it wasn't until then when I was like emotionally tired, physically tired, I had dealt with so much over the summer. There was a lot, a lot of my personal situation that had happened. And when my mom and I were like realizing that, I was like, I can't add like a college sport onto my plate right now. It was just, it would have been so much for me and at, the time that was like the best decision I think I've ever could have made for myself because if I had played if I had went back I wouldn't have been going back for myself I would have been going back to for other people's needs and that wouldn't have been fair to not just me but for them because I wouldn't have been a hundred percent in it I would have been dealing with other stuff outside that would have been taking like all of my attention so I called my coach and I had decided to step away from my sport and I really took uh therapy seriously because that's where I like really needed the help so I go to therapy once a week in person for the past couple months and I've been just like trying new things just kind of like finding my footing again, just because softball took up so much of my life and I just hit a burnout to where I was like, I don't even know like myself outside of this sport. Like everything I did outside of the white lines was for softball. And that is where it started to become the problem because I started to not be able to like distance myself from my sport. And then when everything happened in my personal life in the summer. And then think even thinking about adding a college sport was just going to be too much. And I would not be where I am right now if I had, hadn't made that realization and didn't make that decision for myself. And looking back at it, I would do it all over again. I mean, don't get me wrong, I miss softball, I miss the sport, I miss the competitiveness. But looking at my, looking back at myself back in August to where I am right now, I would not be who, I would not be where I am in the place I am. if I. That, is,
2: um, that is one of my favorite things I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Um, You challenged your identity in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some days you'll take steps back and some days you'll miss that. But to hear how strong that is now, mm-hmm. like for a guy like myself that still has a girlfriend and still playing college athletics, I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't wait for her to listen to that because like, that was very powerful. And I think there was power in the pivot. I think you decided, hey, I'm going to pivot. It might not be perfect the first time, but to keep making these changes. Was the betterment of your happiness, and and that happiness now bleeds into other people. I I see your relationship, you know, on socials, and I see the friends yeah. and the people that you impact. I'm like, this girl thought the whole time it was softball, but it was really just you being mm-hmm. who you are. Luke, go ahead.
0: No, I think you got to end on your terms. You know how how many athletes let the sport dictate or let their age dictate whenever they're done playing. And you were able to decide that for your mental health and for your um, place in life that, you know, it wasn't a priority for you. It didn't need to be a priority. You had other things to focus on. I, I think there's so much to learn from that, um, that, yeah, you're strong enough to make that decision for yourself and on your own time. So that, that's what I love about that part of the story.
2: Yeah. I, and I love that. I will go into a couple of questions here. I, I love the self uh, selflessness. Like, understand that your negative was bleeding into other people and that's the last thing that you wanted that's a tough thing to look in the mirror for yourself and understand how it affects others too i i, I really like that i really do and and we probably touched on it already but i do want to ask you what your keep going moment is um if we've covered a little bit already expand on it mm-hmm. um, if, if we haven't just go crazy go ahead
1: So my keep going moment is I want my story and my experience to be someone else's survival guide to what they're going through. So I don't, my goal is I don't want people to like listen to this and think it's sad that I ended my sport. Theoretically, yes, it is sad that I ended my sport, but just because I like stopped college doesn't mean I can like go play. I can't go play a travel softball league eventually. I could, softball yep. will be there. I can always go back to it. But I would want someone to like take someone, something away from like what I said in my story and use it to help them and whatever they're struggling, whether it's like vocalized or if it's something internal. So that would be my keep going moment.
2: Yeah, your keep going moment is is making sure that when other student athletes or anybody goes through this, they kind of have a light. They kind of have a way out of that. Yeah. It's very selfless. That's a common theme. Luke.
0: No, absolutely. I think a lot of athletes are going to listen to this and, and it's going to cause um, some self reflection, some introspection to happen. And, and that's a great thing. You know, mm-hmm. they need on their careers and where they're at in their sport um and you got to ask yourself how is your sport affecting your mental i think coaching now is something that that me and pat got to think about you know me and him spend a lot of time um devoting it to other people's kind of athletic careers and and helping them grow and and uh sometimes it can take a lot off your own mind so that's something that me and pat also got to do is you know how much time are we eating up and is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? And that's kind of up to us to decide with our attitude during it. But that, that's something that a lot of young athletes need to think about, you know, what's um, adding to my life.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I think it's very black and white. And and sometimes we get away from it. Um, It's for the love of the game. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think it's very black and white, but like, think about like when you were a college athlete, Luke, like looking back, like, damn, this was not for the love of the game some days. Like, this was, like, yeah. the exact opposite. Like, how did we get to hey. this? But I think for our athletes, if you're going to invest 20, 30, 40 hours a week into a sport, you better find a way to love it or it might not be your thing. It might not be your thing.
0: Yeah, D3 for loveless love of the sport, baby. But sometimes it, it was for the grind, you know. <laughs> Gosh, looking back, it's like, I should have tattooed
2: that on my arm or something, right? I I, I don't know. I I don't know. It's what it is, off topic, but, like, it's just loving your sport. But, like, it can't be just that, like we've touched on today. All right, couple rapid-fire things for Angela. It is Christmas Eve, so, goodness (laughs) gracious, we appreciate you, like I told you in the prelude. But if you had to say one thing to your younger self, what
1: would you say? Oh, gosh. Um, My younger self, I would probably say that we made it and we left on our own terms.
2: Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Luke, you hit up the nail on the head with that, huh? Oh, (laughs) love that. Awesome. Awesome. If you had a message for student athletes today, I want to give you a little bit of FaceTime. Anything additional you tell them?
1: Um... Anything additional? Um, I would probably say that like there, there's life after your sport. Like there is something else after, and like it's not a scary thing as like people make it seem. Like you just have to take advantage of it. So.
0: Hundred mm-hmm. percent.
1: Got it. Got it. And last but not least here.
0: I'm trying to do a
2: better job of doing this on our podcast. So we've obviously had amazing people like you on for the last <laughs> year plus. It's been more than we ever expected. Right. What ways and how, if so, can we help you with what you're trying to do to end the stigma or anything in your life that we can support? We want to be here. So anything that we can support.
1: Um, definitely my fitness account. That would be great. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: we got kind of like my outlet since i've ended my sport just kind of like you know because i ended my sport like i don't have like 20 hours of practice anymore so i have to like make time to like go to the gym and stay fit for myself but also like stay fit for others and like keep posting about it and then yeah that's really much pretty much it
2: yeah we can do that i I think Fitness has been such a big outlet for me over the last, and to be a little bit vulnerable. Like, I think fitness has really helped save my life. I think for a long time, I was doing the other stuff, and you start to find that as an outlet. And you start to find that it's kind of like you mentioned earlier, a piece of my survival guide, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to the gym right after this, I'm on the bike right now. I know to keep my mental health intact and this goes for our athletes and other people as well. I need this. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's yoga, if it's the bike, if it's whatever you want to do, it's your physical fitness journey. I love
0: that you're passionate about that too. Luke, go ahead. No, I think the best thing to take away for any young athlete listening today the is there's life after sports. So, you know, be looking towards that and be understanding that it's not the end all be all. It can be an additive and not a subtractive. So, so Angela, we appreciate you coming on today.
1: Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for no, having no, me.
2: No doubt. Angela, we'll go ahead and collab with your fitness page. We'll start to promote that as well. And uh, well, thank this, you. This is, this is really fun today. And I know it, it can be tough, but the smile that you have on your face now, I think it's an everyday, everyday growth for you everyday growth in your happiness so we appreciate it thank you so much no of thank course you. well guys merry christmas above all else keep going we appreciate it keep going let's see